You know, it can be hard to see the challenges that people we work with every day are going through. Invisible struggles like stress and burnout, caregiving for a loved one, or being misunderstood. But insight, awareness, and empathy will help us better see the issues they're dealing with. And that can make us and our companies healthier, too. I'm Holly Robinson-Pete. Join us on The Visibility Gap, a new podcast presented by Cigna Healthcare. Download it wherever you get your podcasts. You know success when you see it. Or you think you do the people in the spotlight. But what about those small business masterminds who succeed at making their money work harder? They do that by having a business bank account with QuickBooks Money, which now earns 5% annual percentage yield. Making your money work as hard as you do? That's how you business differently. Learn more about QuickBooks Money at quickbooks.com slash 5APY. Banking services provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Only funds and envelopes earn APY. APY can change at any time. Now on Bloomberg 99.1. With divided government, what are the political realities? The president is increasingly frustrated. I want to try to cut through the noise. Politically, this is devastating. Sound on with Kevin Cirilli. The insiders, the influencers, the insights. It is no secret that I care a lot about the consumers. There are real questions about big tech. We still have more leverage to use with the tariffs. I think we could do with a little less drama from the White House. This is Sound On with Kevin Cirilli on Bloomberg 99. 991 and 105.7 FM HD2 Baltimore. Happy Tuesday, folks. I'm Kevin Cirilli, Bloomberg News Chief Washington Correspondent for Bloomberg Television and Bloomberg Radio. We've got a jam-packed show for you today and two all-stars, political all-stars, to help guide us through a bevy of headlines from the ongoing investigation, 2020 chatter, uh, and the U.S. budget deficit widening, get this, 77%. The U.S. budget deficit has widened 77% compared with the same October to January period a year earlier. That's according to the Treasury Department. We're going to dive into that trade policy, ongoing trade dispute between the U.S. and China. Richard Fowler is a Democratic political activist and chairman of the Center for Black Equity. He's also a nationally syndicated radio host and a Fox News contributor. And Jason Miller Miller is former senior communications advisor to the Trump campaign uh, and a former communications director for the Trump transition. He is managing director at Teneo. Jason, great to have you with us. And really all of the news today continuing to surround House Judiciary Committee Chairman Jerry Nadler. It's a New York brawl. That's what it's shaping up to be between Jerry Nadler, the Democrat from New York, uh, versus President Trump. Of course, he has deep ties to New York City. Uh, With me for the hour as we sort through the treasure trove of allegations surrounding this administration and its newest evolution with Jerry Nadler, the chairman of the House Judiciary Committee, as he gets ready to meet a more national audience, uh, is, of course, Jason Miller. He is... uh, Trump world, I just call you the Trump world guy. I mean, you've had like the comms jobs in the Trump orbit, and now you're with Taneo. Uh, and Richard Fowler, a Democratic strategist, you've probably seen him all over Fox News uh, recently or heard him on his nationally syndicated radio show. So, Jason, let me start with you. Uh, you know, day two of, of this new week of these new subpoenas of the House Judiciary Committee, Jerry Nadler issuing, you know, trying to get, I guess, more information. Uh, but is it... Is what what's new here from your perspective, and and is the president at any new political and legal risk as a result of this? 
Well, I don't think there's much that's actually new here, except for the fact that uh, last week's Cohen hearing really has foreshadowed what we're going to see in Washington for months to come. And if you take a, a step back for a moment here and, and think about the fact that the House Judiciary Committee is sending these out and they're bringing folks back into the, the House Intel Committee. And since Democrats now control the House, which, by the way, is a good reminder of why you want to control the House and not have your political opponents control the House. But looking at this from an objective position, stepping back, what do these folks expect to find that Robert Mueller or the SDNY haven't already been on? That's a great question. And let me ask Richard Fowler, a Democrat, like what, what, what more do they want? Oh, I think there's a couple points here. I think the first point that we have to clarify is the job of the United States House Representative and the United States Senate is the job of oversight. Uh, and for the past two years prior to the Democrats, Democrats taking control, we saw a, Republi- a Republican House controlled House that did no oversight of this government. Right. And finally, you have a House that wants, while doing things for the American people, also believes in holding this administration accountable. And so these subpoenas are work that should have been done in the last two years that have not has not been done. And finally, there's some oversight being done is what the American people called for when they elected 40 new members of Congress that are Democrats. Uh, and what we plan on doing or what Jerry Nadler is doing is getting some accountability from this White House. I'm not, I don't, I don't, the question here, they're still, we're still looking to see what they're going to find, right? And I don't know if they're looking for anything in particular. I think they're trying to say that there's things here that we have questions on and we are going to find answers on that. Um, and what we found in when Michael Cohen went down to testify, he laid out some clear things where I think members of the Judiciary Committee as well as government oversight as well as the Intelligence Committee had questions and now they have the ability to subpoena some this information and figure out what's exactly there. But did Michael Cohen change anyone's mind? Well, I'll tell you whose mind's got changed here. I mean, the fact that Cohen got jammed up on a number of things, whether it be wanting a job in the White House, whether it was his saying that he uh, didn't want a pardon, that we find out his lawyer did ask for a pardon. I think Cohen is even jammed up even further than before, and he could have some additional charges here. But going back to your, your point, though, about the oversight capacity, tell me one person on that list of 81 individuals and government entities that receive these subpoena letters that hasn't been taken through the ringer by Mueller or the SDNY. And so when we talk about uh, talk about oversight, I mean, we have this special counsel that is going through and doing the, all that the, now. Let's be very clear. The special counsel was not elected by the American people, right? The special counsel, their job is to do what the Justice Department has asked them to do. The American people, for on, on the other hand, have elected, have elected representatives to Congress, and their job is also to provide right. oversight. Let me let me play, let me play for you what President Trump had to say earlier today uh, at the White House when when he was asked about this. Uh, take a listen to what President Trump had to say. Essentially, what they're saying is the campaign begins instead of doing infrastructure, instead of doing health care, instead of doing so many things that they should be doing, they want to play games. So he's saying that they want to play games. Uh, to to your point, Jason, I mean the the eighty one members and organizations. It's everyone from Donald Trump Jr. to the Trump Organization's Alan Weisselberg. And this investigation just continues and continues. But, like, even, even what you were saying, and I'm not trying to call you out, Jason, but, like, even the point that you were making when I asked, are, 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 is anyone's minds going to be changed? You were, you were saying the, the, the Trump supporter perspective, and, and Richard, you're arguing the, the critical p- component of it. We live in such a time right now that whoever is speaking, whether it's Michael Cohen or, I mean, Hillary Clinton. I mean, you know, when we saw this with the Hillary Clinton emails, well, it, it, it just keeps 
going. Right, and part of this goes back to right now everything in Washington, we're going into a presidential reelect cycle. People wake up in the morning, they put on their blue jersey. If they're a Democrat, they put on their red jersey. If I they're put on my Philadelphia <laughs> Eagles jersey no matter what or yeah. who is running. I've, I've got Delco. Yeah, sorry about Nick Foles, by the oh, way. Oh, I'm devastated. Because you know Carson Wentz is going to get hurt oh. one or two games in. And my prediction is the Jags have a better record than the Eagles this oh, next season. God, sorry to get way off track. Me. but no, Are you a Jaguars fan? No, I just okay. I'm, I'm you're, just, I mean, you're just trying to bust I like, my yeah, I try, like, to He's just trying to attack the Eagles for no reason. Oh, in particular. Yeah. It's, who doesn't I'm want to I'm heated right now. Get but back look, on track but, before but, Christine gives right. me a message but get, on the IP. But get back on track here with this last week's hearing and then to, uh, yesterday's subpoenas. What it's showing is that for months on end, this is basically going to be a PR circus. And so you imagine the way that Washington shut down last week, and it was the must-see TV. Imagine when they haul Even in, in Vietnam. Don Jr. or Jared but I think there's, or but other people. I hear all of that, but I think there's some serious questions that the American people are asking themselves. Like, why is it that while, pres- while being the president of the United States, Donald Trump cut a $35,000 check to Michael Cohen? Right. And the White House had a chance to refute this. They did not. They're just saying it's all fake news. It's all a witch hunt. But yet still, there's a thirty five thousand dollar check that Republicans did not refute. Was it Uh, illegal? Well, I want to know why but he but cut the check. That, but that's but what but Mueller, if it's not illegal. I think there's questions, Kevin. Right, here's, Mueller, here's Senator, Mueller I'm not trying to S- defend anyone. Right, but Mueller and the SDNY are going are gonna to go through all of this. Remember, and, this, and is, this is a White House that's also called the, the – they've also called the Mueller investigation into question. So are you saying the Mueller investigation is not into question now? But you oh, called it into that, question. No, I have no problem with the Mueller said, investigation. You said you, – no, but you said they weren't elected by the people. I ha- listen, I, I – I'm saying that there's two different investigations here. There's one investigation being conducted by our elected representatives and their job. They have a what clear have, role in our Constitution to provide found? oversight. What has Congress found? What They've been in office they for two months. Okay. All right. Fair. right? I'll, I'll be and, patient. And, and I'm Mueller, not patient. And the Mueller investigation yes. has clearly found results. One – not only is Paul Manafort, who was the campaign chairperson in jail, the National Security jail. Advisor has been found guilty. Michael George Cohen's Papadopoulos has found guilty. So they have found results after results after results. And all of these individuals have been found Here's, guilty for lying around how they engage with the Russians. But here is where it's going to – this is really going to go play out is I believe that when this Mueller report comes forward, there's going to be nothing there on collusion where this whole thing supposedly started from. And so then it's basically going to be one PR battle trying to exactly. uh, beat up the but president. But nobody still can explain year. to right, me why right, is we it that go everybody to break, lied about how they talk policy. to Russians. We're going to talk. All right. We're, let, me, let me go to break. You guys are going to like get me in trouble. First of all, I'm already heated because of Nick Foles, and now I'm going to get in trouble for this. All right. Coming up, we're, we're, we're going to talk a little bit more about these investigations. But there is some major economic news happening, uh, and both of you are going to put on your economic caps that you wear both so well. Richard Fowler, Democratic strategist Jason Miller, Trump World Advisor. Uh, and a managing director at Teneo Strategy. I'm Kevin Cirilli. Remember, uh, you can download the Sound On podcast on Apple iTunes at Bloomberg.com or by downloading the Bloomberg Business app. You can also find us on Radio.com and iHeartRadio. Coming up, more on U.S.-China trade talk. You're listening to Bloomberg 99.1. This is Sound On with Kevin Cirilli. On Bloomberg 99.1 and 105.7 FM HD2 Baltimore. I think some of my House Democratic colleagues are in good faith. I think some of them aren't. I think they just want to start the 2020 election early. The 2020 election is already well underway. That was Senator John Kennedy, a Republican from Louisiana. He was uh, asked 
earlier uh, today on Capitol Hill about whether or not he believes the Mueller investigation and the House Judiciary Committee investigation is being impacted by politics. We were talking about that earlier. We're going to be following through with a little bit more of that conversation. Also, the latest on U.S.-China trade policy. And uh, Secretary Nielsen is going to be testifying on Wednesday before the House Homeland Security Committee about uh, the Senate preparing. This comes, rather, as the Senate's preparing to pass a measure of disapproval on the president's declaration of a border security wall. To navigate all of these headlines, Richard Fowler, Democratic strategist, uh, Jason Miller, Republican strategist, Trump world strategist, and uh, managing director at Teneo Strategies. So, I, Richard, I, I, I had to cut you off to pay some bills on the break, but uh, you just heard from Senator Kennedy. I take it you disagree that there's political posturing going on. Uh, well, I know you have to pay bills. I appreciate that. Uh, and no, I mean, I, I listen, I agree with Senator Kennedy, but here's the thing. I, you I, do. I think it would be naive to think that the White House isn't thinking about 2020 either, right? And I think if, I mean, anything, everything from how they're playing the border wall, the national emergency, all of these things are playing into 2020 because if the president really wanted to build a border wall, he could have built the border wall in the first year in, in, first year in office where he had both the House, he had the Senate, he had the White House, and they could have got it done very easily, but he waited. Till now, he declared a national emergency, which he knew would go to the courts, which saves this issue to be the 2020 campaign issue for him. Well, and to that point, I mean, as a strong Trump supporter, I'm pissed off we didn't do this earlier. I mean, when we had the House, we had the Senate. Uh, I mean, we should have been coming right out of the gate doing this rather until waiting, uh, wait until now. But here's the thing that to get inside the head of President Trump and how he views these things. And as we talk about the border wall, as we talk about trade with China, there is a fundamental belief by the president that is if he doesn't go and get these things done now, that we can't count on future presidents, Republican or Democrat, to go and do it. Do you agree with the declaration of a national emergency? Absolutely. Why? Because I think the president has to do exactly what people sent him here to do, which is to get it done. And when you look at President Trump was sent here to smash conventional norms. And so when somebody takes the argument to President Trump and says, well, the next president might do X or the next president might do Y, he doesn't care. His time is now. He was sent to do it. Use every available means possible to go and execute the task at hand. Jason Miller is the former senior communications advisor to the Trump campaign and former communications director for the Trump transition. He's also managing director at Teneo Strategy. And, but Jason, and, and super, super quick point yeah, just to add ahead. here. A, a, a lot of times what people don't understand is we when the president is being attacked by Democrats on the Hill, even when he's getting it from Republicans on the Hill, this feeds into his strength. The, the people back around the country, President Trump supporters, they love the fact of him fighting the establishment the in Washington. And yeah. so this this gives him a chance to continue being the change agent, taking on the status quo here in Washington. That is his best construct or his most effective. And I understand I understand that that argument. But to take it even but to, to even go into the Republican ideological debate of the constitutional argument. And, and, and actually, we have this bite from uh, Senate Judiciary Committee Chairman Chuck Grassley, strong supporter of President Trump, a Republican from Iowa. Uh, take a listen to what Chairman Grassley had to say about the constitutionality uh, argument uh, pertaining to the president's declaration of a, of a national emergency. Here he is. The president has needlessly caused himself a political and legal problem that isn't necessary. 
And essentially, it's like too. What you're saying is too bad. Yeah, exactly. There is a yeah. crisis at the southern border. No, 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 I mean, no, no, ask no, no, any no. of the angel moms, ask any of the people who have been impacted by this. I'm there sorry. have been dozens. This is There have been dozens. There have been dozens of national emergencies have been declared by presidents going back to going back to Carter. And this is an avenue that the president wants to pursue because he believes, as do I and a lot of people, there is a real crisis at the southern border. And again, going back to the point that I made a moment ago. President Trump believes that if he doesn't do it, if he doesn't do it now, the next president, Republican or Democrat, isn't going to. Richard. Now, this is where I'm going to have to stop you. The president said it in his own words when he announced this national emergency. I don't have to do this, but I'm going to choose this time to do it. And l- let me let me finish. Now, when, when you say those words, that means this, this is not a crisis, right? If there was a real crisis, you couldn't stop the crisis. When George Bush declared it after 9-11, there was a clear crisis that couldn't be stopped, right? The world traitors were taken down. American lives were lost. There was a real crisis at hand. What the president has done here has manufactured a crisis, and now he's trying to use a law that he doesn't have the authority to use, usurping the power of Congress, usurping the first article of the Constitution to do it. And that is not only unconstitutional, ju- but it's I'm gonna, un-American. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to jump in here. So you've got the legal court system that will decide the constitution, constitutionality of it. I think the point that Jason's making, to look at, the, to look at it from an analytical sense, Jason's saying – This helps President Trump with his base because it allows him to say that he's playing the outsider role. Look at look. I mean, I'm I'm paraphrasing the the thought he's saying, you know, look at me. I'm going against my own party. I also think, though, if you're if you're trying to price this or you're in the boardroom or the business community, it also is a very clear latest example of the president uh, of, of Trumpism being different perhaps than conservatism or even the the tension between what it means to be a Trump rep- Republican and what it means to be a, f- a former uh, Republican. So here lies and the problem no- with that argumentation, that line of argue, that line of reason and line of argumentation, right? Because Quickly, we that agree. line of argumentation would have that should apply to when Barack Obama passed the dream, when he when he decided to do DACA or DAPA. But Republicans basically lit their hair on fire and talked about how unconstitutional, well, some how, Chuck how it was a breach of power, how horrible it was, right, how the president go. usurped the power. Richard, but now, you're now Donald Trump can do it, and now it, now it's Trump's turn. All right, now Trump. Do it. Coming okay. up, Trump, well, just so we got that well, on the Republicans like like we just played from <laughs> Chuck Grassley uh, are disagreeing with that. Coming up, it's not just the issue of immigration where the president is making re- remaking rather the Republican Party. It's also on the economy. We're going to dive into the specifics of U.S. China trade policy. Download us on the Sound On podcast on Apple iTunes at Bloomberg.com or by downloading the Bloomberg Business app. You can also find us on Radio.com and iHeartRadio. Richard Fowler, Democratic strategist, stays. Jason Miller, former uh, communications advisor in Trump world, stays. Uh, And I'm Kevin Cirilli, chief Washington correspondent for Bloomberg TV and Bloomberg Radio. I will stay, too. You're listening to Bloomberg 99.1. You know success when you see it. Or you think you do. The people in the spotlight. Athletes, actors, artists. But what about the people behind the scenes? You know, the ones who make it all happen. The lighting engineers, the sideline photographers, the caterers. They're small business masterminds. And if there's one thing they have in common, it's making their money work harder. That's why they have a business bank account with QuickBooks Money, where they are now earning a generous 5% annual percentage yield. Yes, 5% APY. Making your money work as hard as you do? That's how you business differently. Learn more about QuickBooks Money at quickbooks.com slash 5APY. Banking services provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Only funds and envelopes earn APY. APY can change at any time. 
This is Sound On with Kevin Cirilli on Bloomberg 99.1 and 105.7 FM HD2 Baltimore. Welcome back, everybody. Hope you had a good Tuesday. I'm Kevin Cirilli, Bloomberg News Chief Washington Correspondent for Bloomberg Television and Bloomberg Radio. We were talking about the investigations, the national declaration of a wall, and Congress is really, well, the Democratic-controlled House, rather, is really starting to take shape, take hold here in month two of their reclaiming of the gavel. Richard Fowler is here with us. He's a Democratic strategist. You've probably seen him on Fox News. Uh, He's also a national syndicated radio host. Uh, And Jason Miller is former communications advisor to the Trump campaign and former communications director for the Trump transition. He's also managing director at Taneo Strategy. And and both of, of these gentlemen are super involved in the weeds on U.S.-China trade policy, and they're really rolling up their sleeves. I mean, Jason, if you're not on a flight to Beijing or Hong Kong, by the way, how do you last on those flights? Because I was like, on the flight back, I was, I mean, I watched a movie, but then I just got bored. You got to binge watch on what shows. You, what That's do you binge I, watch on those flights? So I just went through Berlin Station, Never uh, which heard is of a it. show on Epics, pretty good. It's like a <laughs> spy thriller. Oh. Um, and uh, like like a lot of the shoot 'em up shows, Strike Back, which is another one. Uh, See, I can't get all... that high. I can't get that high intensity on a plane because then I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm on a plane. But uh, speaking of back down to earth here. Well, and in your podcast. Oh, course. I right. appreciate that, yeah. which you can download on Apple after the show. Uh, appreciate the plug there, Chase. Appreciate it. You got to help. You got to help Kevin Cirilli. You got to help. This. Everyone's just trying to help Kevin Cirilli. That, the world would be a better place. Uh, Jason, it looks like the rhetoric coming uh, the past forty-eight hours has been somewhat positive in terms of how we're trending with getting closer to a deal. And in fact, there's been a lot of reporting to suggest that the president might be willing to get rid of all of those tariffs on two hundred billion dollars worth. Of Chinese goods, which is a major win for the business community. Also, it would be what China wants. But I mean, that that's a win. No. Well, it all comes down to what actually gets put in print, what the enforcement mechanisms are. And so I probably spend more time talking with CEOs and Fortune 500 companies on U.S.-China trade issues than anything else. And to put things in perspective for folks, the next hundred years of human civilization, I believe, will be largely driven by the U.S.-China trade competition. Hopefully not military competition, but trade competition. We'll we'll see how things develop. Right now, the the biggest uh, fear and threat, I believe, from the administration from the U.S. side is if the U.S. does nothing, then our key industries of the future, whether it be the aerospace, the air, um, talk about AI, even going into healthcare, going into manufacturing, robotics, all of these things, if we don't fight for some of these structural reforms, we will not be able to compete with China on the global stage because there's there's not a free market to that. So the reason why I say that is you take a look at the, the comment. It wasn't directly from Lighthizer, but I believe it was one of the stories yesterday. Of the 100 pages or so that the U.S. has this working agreement with China, yeah. 30 of those pages go right to intellectual property issues, mm-hmm. and that shows how critical it is that we make sure that not just for existing joint venture agreements uh, with U.S. companies trying to compete in China and trying to have access to their billion people, but also as we talk about in the future with the IP theft and what the enforcement mechanisms are going to be, this is why the battle right now is so critical. And again, going back to a point that I made a few minutes ago, 
President Trump firmly believes that if he doesn't get it done, then whatever president comes next, whether it's a Republican or a Democrat, they'll fail to. And I'll leave this with one final thing. I had the opportunity, as with a number of CEOs who are presenting to, uh, speaking to a number of Chinese leaders, including uh, Wang Kishan, this past <laughs> fall. And I made the comment to him that they should take the deal with Trump. And, of course, immediately uh, the room kind of pauses and uh, who is this guy and why is he saying this? So because with Trump, you know, he wants a good deal for American workers. You know exactly what he wants. The next Republican that comes in as president is going to start pushing for Democratic reforms and trying to split off the party control in China. The next Democrat president who comes in is going to make sure that the Uyghurs and QR codes right. are recognized household, uh, have household name ID across the whole world. The Chinese should take the deal with Trump. They know exactly what they're getting. Well, and, and, and but, but see, what's interesting about everything that, that Jason Miller, a, a Trump world surrogate, as well as a managing director at Taneo Strategy, and what he's having to say here, Richard, is that, look, you guys duked it out in the first half of the show on, on issues of the day, on the Mueller investigation, Im- important issues. But on the issue of intellectual property, on the issue of uh, particularly national security technology and artificial intelligence, there really is bipartisan ag- agreement, whether it's Marco Rubio and Mark Warner working together and whatnot, or even what you saw with the pressure coming from uh, lawmakers up on Capitol Hill in agreement with the president on Huawei, a telecom giant, uh, in China that has been trying to do business in everywhere from and ZTE trying to do business everywhere from Venezuela uh, to, to to our counterparts in NATO. This is arguably the the non-political agreement that the, that that Democrats and Republicans agree on. No. No, I think there is some room to agree on artificial intelligence and, and intellectual property. I think where we disagree with the White House's approach is this idea of you know going it going alo- going it alone with China because I think the world there's there's parts where that we could have we could, we could went with our European allies and put more pressure on China and finish this a lot quicker. Uh, and as a result of that, our farmers are suffering, our dairy farmers are suffering, our Let soybean farmers are suffering. And the other point I make before we talk about before we say that is yes, there is a fight around robotics, there is a fight around AI, but what we do what was missing from the President's State of the Union address, and I think what we'll see, we'll see what happens in the budget on Monday, is where is this conversation about investment in America, in our greatest resources, which is our people, right? We haven't heard the president talk about how do we invest in co- producing coders and producing folks to develop AI, well, right? Whereas in we China... Are here. I'm going to push back because he has, he has said a little bit on apprenticeship programs. We are going to come to break and I want to pick this conversation back up. I want to talk more about... Uh, I could talk forever about apprenticeship programs. As you know, financial literacy is a huge passion of mine. But we're going to stick with U.S.-China trade. Then we're going to dive in uh, to some 2020 chat. Richard Fowler stays, Jason Miller stays, I stay. Remember, download the Sound On podcast on iTunes at Bloomberg.com or by downloading the Bloomberg Business app. You can also find us on Radio.com and iHeartRadio. Coming up, we'll hear what Chuck Schumer has to say about the uh, U.S.-China trade uh, dispute. Uh, I'm Kevin Cirilli. You're listening to Bloomberg 99.1. This is Sound On with Kevin Cirilli on Bloomberg 99.1 and 105.7 FM HD2 Baltimore. Don't let March be the month when it comes to China, when it is said that President Trump went in like a lion and went out like a lamb, and President Xi, a darn good negotiator, figuratively eats our lunch. Wow. In like a lion, out like a lamb. Senate. Minority leader Chuck Schumer, the Democrat from New York, delivering 
that critique of U.S.-China trade relations on the You sounded the like board. Steve Bannon right there. I, wow, Jason Miller, of Tana- managing director of Taneo Strategies and a, a Trump World uh, advisor, weighing in with the zing. It was kind of Bannon-esque to Richard Fowler, a it Democratic strategist. Bannon-esque. It was Ban- Steve, are you back? <laughs> you know, it's Steve, what, if you're listening, come on. <laughs> you know, I, I get, you know, what, Chuck Schumer's good for his one-liners. And, and you know, here in – this is the – I mean, I, I want to see the president win on, on China because I think a win for this president on China means a win for – for all of our farmers that have suffered under this reckless trade policy for the past couple months or years. Um, but I think that's a, that's a noble question to ask, right? Because I think what we saw from um, these two meetings with Kim Jong-un was this president go in like a lion. And I thought the president should have walked away from this deal. Uh, and I don't, I, don't, I don't fault him for that. But I think why he had to walk away was I think the president went in too early. I said this all along. I said, if your president is your number one diplomat, you always leave your – if you're playing a game of spades, you leave your big joker – in your hand for as long as possible so you like you have your big card to play at the end of the game and i thought we brought president trump in way too early in the north korean negotiations and thus since we brought him in for the first meeting and then we started talking about how there's possibly a nobel peace prize in it for him kim jong-un in the end end up having the leverage that was the old political playbook though and, and this, i think now yeah, but think that cares. old political playbook didn't work because now we well, have we still have a nuclear north korea and i think I they'll wanna, stay that way. i want to stick with with china for once for for a little bit longer uh jason uh uh, we were talking earlier about what the business community wants, and, and you obviously plugged into the business world, the business community. What, in terms of enforcement mechanisms for U.S.-China trade policy, would be a win? What are you going to be looking for as a win for from the enforcement mechanism side for the U.S.-China trade talks? What I'm going to be looking for and what I think a lot of folks in the business mm-hmm. community is they're going to want a regular check-in period, whether it's monthly, whether it's quarterly, whether some things they come back on uh, twice a year, even yearly, but where if certain thresholds aren't being met, because keep in mind, so much of the things we're talking about are things that China was supposed to have enacted back when they got into WTO um, you know, over a decade ago. And so a lot of these things, they've, hey, we're going to take care of it, then they don't take care of it. So from the business community, they're going to want to see certain tariff and non-tariff barriers addressed, want to see financial services being fined with going in 50-plus percent ownership. They're going to want to see recognition of IP theft. Well, I think we're going to have some of the bigger fights where it's still getting worked out. State-owned enterprises and some of the currency manipulation and below-market lending. Here is the critical point that I think a lot of folks miss in this, and this is where it goes to the enforcement. China does not currently have the court system set up to be able to even deal with some of these IP thefts and the way they're going. And so this is going to be a pro- progress. There's going to be a timetable, but there needs to be, whether it's monthly or quarterly, to where if certain benchmarks aren't being made, then certain tariffs will then automatically kick in. This is the, the see, critical component. See, I got to jump in here. I got to quote Tom Keen, my, my uh, colleague, mentor, and friend here at Bloomberg. I'm going to rip up the script to quote Tom Keen, because what Jason just did, Richard Fowler, Democratic strategist, is illustrate that as, as high level as these trade talks are, President Xi Jinping in one quarter, President Trump in another. Then you even get a little bit lower and you've got the Vice Premier Lue Hua versus USTR's Bob Lighthizer, Treasury Secretary Steven Mnuchin. But what he just said was actually it's being fought by lawyers at the local level. Go to Beijing. Go to rural China. 
Go to the apple plant in China where the – according to the uh, uh, the Chinese state-run newspaper, they actually had to get rid of some uh, uh, bus services on the compounds where apple uh, – employs local Chinese people to work because of this trade dispute that's going on. This is so local. Go into the heartland. Go into the inner city. This is such a local issue, and it's why I think you're seeing the president remake the party, the Republican Party, in this name. He's picked up on the Bernie Sanders AOC wing, if not, on, on for, a, for a sliver of this issue, No. I mean, I get. I mean, I think there is some populism to taking on China. I don't disagree with that. I think if you talk to any steel worker in this country, they will tell you for decades steel workers have been talking about the fact that China's been dumping steel, and that's why they've lost their jobs. But with that being said, on the other side, just a couple blocks from most steel plants, you have soybean farmers who are saying. China's been our new market, 30, 40, 50, 60, sometimes 70% of our, our goods go to China. So this is the balance that, this, this, that, that, is cre- that we've had in this country is that so while we have gained 5,000 jobs at the steel plant, we've lost 5,000 jobs at the farm. And this is the balance this president now has to walk as we sort of, as we sort of bring this deal down well, to a landing. You know, and it's a good point when you talk about the balance because I believe that President Trump has uh, essentially two competing voices that are talking to him here. One is that as I said before, he believes if he doesn't get it done, nobody else is going to. But then also there's the, the – he wants to be the ultimate deal maker. He wants to be the one to succeed. The strongest construct for President Trump is when he's able to point back and say Bush couldn't get it done, Obama couldn't get it done, I will get it done. Okay. That is the sweet spot of the bat form. So he wants – but as we've seen, whether it be from last year, people thought that deal – in fact, Steve Mnuchin and Leo He, when they walked out of that room going back to last May, they thought the deal was done with China. We've seen the president uh, walk away when he doesn't think it's there. We saw him do it with South, or with North Korea in the talks just this past week. The president wants to get a deal done, but if it's not there and he doesn't think the structural reforms and the enforcement mechanisms will be there, he'll walk away. All right, well, here's the problem on? with wait, walking wait, wait, away. Wait, 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 let me jump in. What's going on with the budget? I mean, did you see this? The Treasury Department, they, they've released this today. The U.S. budget deficit widened to $310 billion in the first four months of the fiscal year. I don't think President Trump likes that. No, no. In, so what's in going fiscal, on? Uh, you're, I think you're going to hear a lot more about spending, a lot more uh, the fiscal conservative wing in the party really stepping up and saying we have to go and address this. I, I mean, it's not just – I mean, there's so many things going into it. Of course, the big thing that everyone wants to kind of hide or run from is entitlement reform. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's the that's the biggest thing. I mean, we're on unsustainable wow, look, path. You say to the I smirk mean, and Richard Fowler is rolling no, his eyes. Look at Social here, Security. Is, here we go, here we go again. Look at pensions. Here we go again. Because – This is the part. This is herein lies the problem. Every time, mind you, under President Obama, we worked on bringing the deficit down. We worked on making cuts to domestic spending. Republicans come in, they explode the deficit, and then when the deficit explodes under their watch, they're like, oh, we've got to talk about entitlement reform. We've got to talk about cutting checks to grandma. We've got to talk about cutting checks to grandpa. It happens every single time. It's like pulling the talking. I could pull out your old talking points from five years ago. Hold on, hold on. Correct me if I'm wrong. (laughs) Didn't the national debt, however, double during Obama? But the national deficit, per if you per capita or per average, like on average went up more under President Trump than under Barack Obama. I just criticized, I just criticized where it's been in, in right? this last two and years. And a lot of the spending that is happening at the D, a lot of it's gone to the, he's like, we've rebuilt the military, but some of the spending that's happened at the DOD is spending that not even the generals wanted. All right, all right, wait, 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 wait. You know who had a good day, though, while we're talking about debt and deficit? You guys, did you guys see this in Forbes today? It was trending nationally on Twitter. Kylie Jenner, 
Kylie oh, Jenner. Man. Kylie Jenner at 21 years old. So much ice. So much ice she can skate on. Oh, okay, it. you ready for this? <laughs> a lot the of money. Youngest ever self-made. She's not. Here's the deal. Billionaire. Well, can I just say that she's not self-made? Means you, you were a billionaire without the aid of anybody, and she's not self-made. Oh, hey. I, I gotta. I gotta agree I with them there. I mean, what? it's it, this Point is. A, hold on. This is a family program. <laughs> yeah. But we we all know where the enterprise started. Oh, and again, I'm, I'm not judging. I'm saying, hey, this the is America. The props here goes to Chris Jenner, her mother, who hey, listen. pushed this family Hey, listen, riches. we can keep up Kim. with the Kardashians. Yeah, but it's Chris Kim. Jenner. We keep, up with, no, we keep up with everyone. The okay, we're moving on. We got a hard break. I want to thank Richard Fowler, Jason Miller, uh, and Kylie Jenner. Uh, tomorrow, Congressman Chris Stewart joins us. Uh, I'm Kevin Cirilli. Check us out on iTunes and iHeart and everyone. Uh, my producer just said they can't even agree on the Kardashians. You're listening to Bloomberg 99. Have a good one, everybody. It can be hard to see the challenges that people we work with every day are going through. I'm Holly Robinson-Pete. Join us on The Visibility Gap, a new podcast presented by Cigna Healthcare. Download it wherever you get your podcasts. The countdown has begun. This May, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Qatar Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg held in conjunction with our official partners, the Qatar Ministry of Commerce and Industry and Media City Qatar and premier sponsor Q&B. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections and gain unique insights. Learn more at QatarEconomicForum.com.